Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliet Lamar, and joining us today is Todd Sunstead. He is the CTO at SumAll. Welcome, Todd. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're so excited to have you here and to learn all about SumAll. So for our listeners who maybe are not um, familiar with the company, can you go ahead and give us an overview of the business and what it does? Yeah, absolutely. So SumAll uh, started out its mission uh, which predates me just a little bit uh, by maybe a year, a uh, year and a half or so, has always really been focused uh, on uh, small businesses. And I think initially, since this goes back several years, uh, you know, five, uh, slightly more than that years, uh, that initial focus was really e-commerce uh, because that's where it kind of was at uh, and what was hot. And and really in the last two years, we've almost come all the way around and we're, we're very intensely focused now uh, on more traditional brick and mortar uh, type of businesses, uh, especially those with uh, kind of smart POS, uh, tablet-based POS systems, uh, as opposed to like old cash registers, uh, because there's a tremendous opportunity there and a tremendous need for tools. Uh, and, and over those years, we've the tools we've offered have changed a little bit, uh, and we can talk about that, but um, that's kind of what uh, SOMWAL is about, really building tools for small businesses. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into that. So, you know, with small businesses, there's a lot of things that are changing, of course, within the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, the technology itself, but a lot of things have stayed the same. So why don't you give give us a broad scale of things that, you know, haven't really changed, and then we can go into what has changed. Yeah, I think so what's interesting, especially let's draw a line between e-commerce for a moment and, and I think kind of more traditional brick and mortar sole proprietorships or companies or businesses that maybe have, you know, between two and five locations or maybe even two and 10 locations. Uh, I think the difference, what what hasn't changed, I think, uh, on the brick and mortar side is that people still start these businesses because they're passionate about a particular product or service. So we work with a lot of coffee shops. The people that start coffee shops are fanatics in many cases about coffee. Uh, on the e-commerce side, and, and, and maybe secondarily, they're really thinking about it as a business. They're, think, they're secondarily thinking about the business side of things. They're really still thinking about their passion. On the e-commerce side, uh, it was often different. There was a different. There was a maybe an early focus. You know, you don't start an e-commerce company because you're passionate about something online. Typically, you're, you're really starting to think about the business and delivery or whatever. So so that part hasn't changed when you think, talk about a, a small business, I think a small brick and mortar business, things that made people start restaurants or coffee shops or, you know, clothing store, boutique clothing stores or whatever, 20 years ago or 30 years ago are very much the same things that they start them for today, uh, especially in New York, uh, where we're located. Uh, what has changed is some of the tooling that's available to them. And I think the introduction of tablet-based POS point-of-sale systems, cash register, whatever you want to call them, systems, uh, has really been one of the big changes, uh, whether it was Square or Clover or, or any number of these. Um, it's given them uh, something that requires the connection uh, to the Internet and, and to kind of uh, possible SaaS tools that just wasn't present. Uh, even going back 10 years, uh, I think there's been a kind of a uh, consistent and fairly aggressive change 
uh, as people swap out old old tools. They might have been electronic, but they weren't necessarily connected to the internet. You couldn't build anything smart on them with something tablet based and and potentially you know connected to a big system with an API on the back end. And that makes sense. Yes, it does. And and yeah, I, it's interesting you're saying you know the passion versus you know just generating things for money. I feel like that's kind of a problem in our current ecosystem is is people are trying to make a quick buck more so than being passionate. And I think it's just because of, of the accessibility to, to, to commerce. You know, if you have an idea, you can just kind of throw it at the wall with your 10 other ideas and see what sticks. Um, yep. So just going back yep. to that, that really hit me when you were talking about the passion versus the money creation. On the side, there are drop shipping solutions and whatever. So you're, what it takes to actually start a, a business is low. And, and I don't want to down anyone whose passion is making money. That's a reasonable passion to have. Uh, but it definitely seems to be different uh, about e-commerce versus uh, brick and mortar, for sure. But it's very easy to run into somebody. I mean, I can step out and go to lunch or get a cup of coffee and run into someone who's running a store because they care about, really care about what they're doing. They obviously want to have a business and be successful, but they did coffee versus a uh, boutique clothing store because they care about coffee uh, tremendously, usually is the case. Uh, and, and thinking about it, you know, on the, at the business side is, you know, maybe even secondary. And I don't want to, I don't want to draw that too generally. I mean, obviously they probably know more about running the business than I do. So. And what are some of the, the biggest mistakes that you're seeing uh, with small businesses now, either with e-commerce or brick and mortar or the, you know, the overlap? What are some of the biggest things you keep seeing over and over again that they're running into? Yeah. I mean, ironically, it's probably the same thing that's been problematic for small businesses forever, which is really cash flow, right? Uh, yeah. You know, managing that, uh, especially when you start talking about uh, small uh, coffee shops or quick serve restaurants um, and things in that category that we deal with, you know, you run out of cups. So you run down the street and buy cups at twice what it would cost, you know, to just order those in advance, right? Because, you know, maybe you didn't plan well or whatever. And so the the cost of running out uh, because you had to do something quick and maybe couldn't get to Costco or whatever is significant. And when you're spending more than you should because you have some inefficiencies, you're ordering the wrong things, that trans, you know, you, you, you use up cash. And of course, having cash available is still crucially important uh, and, and more so for a small business, I think. No, absolutely. And it is, it is interesting how a lot of those problems prevail throughout the decades and no matter what you're what you're doing there's always going to be those sticky spots yeah yeah yeah, Um, for sure so getting back to some of your some of your products and your solutions for these small businesses what are some of them some of the products and solutions that you're really excited about right now yeah so so someone's done uh several different things over the years uh because e-commerce was big and because social media was the thing when we started um there was a lot of focus on those two things. So we built uh, tools that allowed you to connect, for instance, your Shopify account uh, and all of your social media accounts and maybe your Google Analytics account so you could see traffic to your website. And we would provide tools, uh, simple tools at first just to allow you to see perhaps what impact uh, social media might be having on traffic to your website as you were posting different things. Uh, and so it was a set of tools to allow you just simple access to data that you might have to log into a bunch of different systems to get and, and put in a spreadsheet if you wanted to try to maybe look at it uh, together. And then we moved into automations. 
uh, and very simple automations in many cases. Uh, a lot of them were just, you know, somewhat promotional, right? Simplifying, you know, similar to what other applications do, just simplifying some of the things that you uh, might automatic or might already be doing, but making that process automatic. Uh, what we did, we started doing about two years ago was trying to tie maybe your products a little more closely to your uh, to your social media stream. So uh, tools to allow you to talk about or to promote your products uh, automatically. If you you know had a new product that you launched or whatever, create a, an automatic post for that. Um, and once again, those things typically worked well for e-commerce. Uh, you know, less of a demand on that side uh, for brick and mortar. As we started to, so one of the things that uh, we identified, I guess, uh, fairly, I hope fairly early on was that um, that that one e-commerce is already uh, well served with tools. Uh, if you take a quick look at what's available to someone who has Shopify in the Shopify app store, uh, and then take a look at what's available in your average, you know, mo- you know, tablet-based point of sale, Square or whatever app store, there's, there's maybe a hundred times as many apps available. So there's a lot of tools for e-commerce. Um, and so there was there was a lot of competition and, and social media, you know, and especially, you know, after the election, social media took a hit and, and continues to take hits uh, in terms of, of, you know, maybe the role it plays in society or should play. So early on, I think we started to see some worrying signs there. So we, we started to shift away and look at opportunities on the, like I said, on the brick and mortar side. Uh, and we you know, tackle those. So we started introducing automation specifically around kind of physical presence. Um, and, you know, we took the same tack that we usually do, which is talk to a lot of folks. And, and the piece that we did identify ultimately was around the simple problem of, of optimizing your ordering, which is something I was talking about just a moment ago on the cash flow side, but is actually right now kind of our, our key new product that we're launching, which is a tool that helps coffee shops and QSRs and and, and companies with, you know, or businesses with, with small amount of, of, of perishable inventory effectively replenish that. Uh, so they're not spending more and wasting more than they need to. And I'm, I'm super excited about that because the impact that we're having is huge right now. Absolutely. And you're talking about, you know, gathering the social media data. How, how important and what kind of numbers are you getting from businesses that use, you know, social media advertising versus other kinds of advertising? That's a good question. I'm not sure if I've got anything. Can you give me a little bit better sense of what you might be looking for? I'm not sure if I've got anything that I can. Yeah, uh, you were saying say right you were saying how e-commerce e is 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 very reliant upon you know social media as their advertising, and you're saying brick and mortar not quite as much. Um, you know, is it is it really that big of a game changer? I suppose, and do people not just you can't just post and hope for the best, right? There's a whole science behind it when it comes to social yeah. media. Okay, that makes sense. I don't think I can say, I probably could say something if I prepared a little bit better, more more quantitative, but I can definitely give some qualitative thought uh, or, or comment on that. I think from an e-commerce perspective, it's not that it's the only way to uh, promote your brand. Obviously, you can buy ads and a lot of other things as well, uh, both on social media and just traditional search ads or whatever. Um, the difference is that I think for an e-commerce business, that's that's your vehicle, right? For reaching out, people don't walk into your storefront on their way to work, right? Uh, and now I'm, and I'm specifically thinking about the kinds of small businesses that we deal with, which are typically high location type, high location visibility businesses. If your e-commerce, you know, your front door is the internet, uh, and it's probably Google for 
you know, ads or social media for ads in many, many ways. Um, if you're a small, so, so social media is crucially important and obviously online advertising is crucially important. If you're a small business and you're running a local shop, uh, many of them have web pages and many of them have Facebook pages and, and social media accounts. Uh, but what we found is, and I think they generally, the owners generally feel this way too. It's a nice to have, right? You, you know, you people expect you to be online and expect you to be on social media, but no one is going to look up your Facebook page before walking down the street uh, to, you know, order a latte, right? They're just going to walk down and order a latte. And so that's, it, it, it's, it's the difference between, hey, this is crucial to my business and, and something that's, you know, nice and important and we want to have it uh, and have it be up to date and accurate, but is not, is not necessarily going to make or break my business. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. So I feel like some all, you guys are really staying ahead of, of a lot of needs for businesses and your company products. You know, what do you feel like the next couple of years holds? Any things on the horizon you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I think, and this is uh, probably uh, a lot of what I'm about to say is probably not really well uh, well researched uh, forecasting on my part, but I'll tell you what my my gut and my intuition, what data that I do have uh, where it's pointing. So I think that, uh, and let me back up just one step. Obviously. Uh, Amazon and Walmart and companies that are really crushing things uh, originally in the e-commerce space and are now becoming physical retailers. So, so Amazon is not just on a buying spree and, and buying, you know, things like Whole Foods, which is obviously a, you know, a store. Uh, they're in the process of buying other uh, businesses that have physical presences as well, not to mention even opening their own stores, right? And of course, Walmart has always been physical presences and, and really just getting in, in trying to get a handle on the e-commerce side. But my point is those those challenges are not going to disappear. Right. Uh, right now, I think Main Street is still pretty healthy. Right. There are still plenty of businesses. They're still being open. But I think that challenge is only going to grow. The tooling that the, these big companies can bring to bear uh, is tremendous. Right. They can hire uh, teams of data scientists to look at behavior not just online behavior, but they can study who's going uh, in, into their stores or who's walking, uh, you know, even in front of their stores, and they can do things with that data and that tooling. So the, the tooling gap is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, and when we definitely saw this in the market that we're looking at, right, uh, it was it's moved from I can I can do things well based on my hunches and kind of my own experience to I really need maybe some better tools to really do things like ordering inventory effectively. Uh, and so for me, I think the big change you're going to see is that the access to that kind of tooling is going to become more and more important. And then the question is, uh, is it possible for companies to bring to bring that kind of tooling to market in a cost effective way that helps small businesses be successful? Uh, and that's I think that's the, the, the ocean that we're trying to swim in right now is is you know what kind of tooling and, and can we bring that to bear and can it, can it make a quantifiable difference on some part of their operation staffing or ordering or whatever and i think that that trend is going to be uh continue and i think it's going to it's going to increasingly be driven by uh data uh and in fact uh, you know kind of deep learning and, and machine learning and these tools are important and of course that's another area that we're spending time uh also in, in terms of what we're bringing to market oh, that's fantastic and you know, some all, you're not the only company out here doing this. What is really setting some all apart from all the competitors? 
Um, I think uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say uh, we have, uh, one, well, one, we have a lot of experience uh, solving these kind of data problems uh, because behind kind of all of the social media tooling that we, we've done, we've actually have a fairly large, uh, you know, large scale system that tries to do smart things with data. We, you know, when we post, we spend a lot of time looking at engagement, for instance, to try to figure out when a great time to post for you is based on your audience. So we've, we've got a lot of history solving those kind of problems, which is useful. And I think uh, the other part is that we are trying to solve the whole problem. The, one of the things we learned very early on is that a small business owner doesn't need recommendations, right? You can, they can get all the recommendations they want. They don't need insights. They actually need things done for them. They need a virtual assistant. They need, you know, they need something to happen without them having to take action. Uh, and that uh, is the core of the product that we're bringing to market or have brought to market. Uh, we're not just telling them, hey, here's what you should order. We're actually doing the orders for them and then telling them how it went and what they saved and what it did to waste and, and things like that. So it's, I think that's the core part. Uh, we're really trying to take it to action because that's what a small business owner needs. No, absolutely. So Todd, where's the best place for people to find more information about this company and potentially use your services? Uh, so if people are interested in Sumall generally, sumall.com uh, is a fine place to go. Uh, if people are, are listening and are interested specifically in uh, the, the, the predictive uh, smart ordering product that we're doing uh, and want to find more about that, we've uh, just created a microsite site called sumall.ai, uh, which tries to speak more directly to that specific market. Uh, and I think over time, we'll continue to push pretty heavy in this area. Uh, I think as a, as ter in terms of opportunities, it's, uh, I think, pretty solid in terms of need and, and things we're passionate about. It, it turns out to be a very good fit. Fantastic. Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining me today here on Future Tech Podcast. And we'll have to have you back on again in a few few months to let us know how the AI systems are doing and how it's all coming together. Absolutely. I'd love to, I'd love to talk about the technology as the CTO, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Todd, thank you so much. That was Todd Sunstead. He is the CTO at SumAll. You can check them out at SumAll.com. This has been Juliette Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.